Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show is our handle. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. And you can email us at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 41, and we are going to begin our look at NIL over the summer with our interview with John Seaton. I don't know if you're familiar with John Seaton. John Seaton is an offensive tackle from Elon University, a walk-on at Elon University, who has a large TikTok following and has used, through NIL, been able to use his TikTok following um, to put himself through school and to do some of the positive things that NIL is um, available to do. So I really wanted to focus on some of the positive stuff. This is a great story. I hope you enjoy the interview. We'll come back after the interview, kind of wrap things up. I have a couple takes afterwards as well. So enjoy the interview with Big John. Hey, right now we're going to bring on, uh, man, I'm so happy to do this. We're going to be talking NIL all month here in June on the Coach Bonos podcast. And right now I got my man, John Seaton from Elon University coming on. If you don't know who this is, you are living under a rock and you don't have TikTok. My man has got 1.7 million followers. And what I like, he's got brand ambassadorships with Pit Viper, the GLD, the GLD Shop, Prolific Sports Labs, the WWE. He's done brand collaboration with Snickers, IHOP, and now Fortnite. And this is what NIL is all about. This is about people like John, who's a walk-on football player at Elon University in North Carolina. So, John, welcome into the Coach Bono's podcast. I appreciate you taking the time. How you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. Coach Bo, you know, it's always a good day when we get to – everybody gets to link up, get to talk about some uh, – a little bit the off-the-field side of football. I yeah. think that uh, overall it's just a really good experience, and uh, I'm excited to see what we can get into today man. because I is here. It's been here for a while. It's really coming to its own. It's blossomed as its own flower, and we're just – we're riding the wave now and just trying to see what we can get done and what we can uh, what we can chase really in the professional in the professional world on and off the field. Well, I wanted to kind of prep you off the, before we jumped on. I, I kind of prepped you for a second. Let you know what we're doing here on the pod. This is for the month of June. I'm doing a bunch of interviews around the NIL. Whether that is, I want to get to from every perspective, the coach's perspective, a player's perspective. We're going to have an agent on. We're going to have compliance people, and, and really because I love NIL. I think this is exactly what college sports needed. Absolutely. This is exactly what athletes needed and deserved. I've likened it to, I I hesitate to say slave labor, but in a way, the NCAA has had this, you know, this policy where you got an app, you got a scholarship, and that's all you got. For sure. You're a walk-on. Absolutely. Let me tell you, man. Start Uh, your story here, because I need to, I love it. Absolutely. So I played, I guess we could start it back when the walk-on journey I knew was really going to start. Um, so going, you know, high school football, everything like that, I was real big. I tore my ACL my freshman year, um, ballooned up to like 350 sophomore year, and then spent the rest of the time trying to get more athletic, everything like that. And, you know, from that whole process, um, no one wants to offer somebody who is, you know, six one on a good day and who is either real heavy or like, just doesn't absolutely jump off the tape at you. So of course, um, 
you know, played through high school, started playing really well towards the end. And it was after the point of where schools had used up all their money, uh, used up all their scholarships and, you know, created their class. So I actually played my last high school game without any opportunity to play college football. Okay. Uh, it's it's like it, it's really funny because I, I you look at all like the really good uh, underdog stories, all the walk ons. It's like, you know, you're not even supposed to be here yeah. for, per se. It's the fact that you even made it to this point is something that's you know, super great and all that, but um, just overall being a walk-on in general, it of course has its own like set of challenges and all that kind of stuff. And I think NIL tying that into what it is to be a walk-on is something that allows for you to not have as difficult of an experience as it's been in years past. Years past, it, it was crazy. Um, especially the first year I got here, it's like, look, I'm paying to do this. And the NCAA is going to tell me that I can't play my sport. If I try to make money to support myself through college, that, that is so backwards. And I, it's almost like you're operating at a guaranteed deficit to have the same opportunities as people who are given that because of their ability. And, you know, unlimited scholarships are never going to happen. That's, that's always going to be, that's always agree. Absolutely. There's always going to be walk-ons. There's always going to be those people who are scratched and clawed and scraping. And I think that NIL provides the opportunity for you to scratch and claw and really forge your own path. Um, and it doesn't make the scholarship, the school believing in you and the school giving you that money absolutely necessary for you to come out of college debt-free, which I think is huge. It's gigantic. I agree 100%. I think you hit the nail right on the head there at the end. Um, I've known student athletes who, and you know, I'm much older. I'm in my late forties. I've known athletes for 25 plus years now who have gone through school, whether they were walk-ons or if they end up playing and yeah, maybe they get to play, maybe they don't, but sure. they, just what you said, they end up accumulating college debt. Absolutely. And as a financial advisor, I see everyday folks who have their biggest debt burden is their student loans. Most definitely. If you are playing in this, in as you're a student athlete, and you're playing and you're not getting paid in some way, to be able to use your name, image, and likeness. And there are the extreme examples, and we can get into those later. But I think what you're doing is showing that, hey, if you market yourself right, you can get a fair price for what your skill set is or what you deliver to somebody. Absolutely. The same as if I, as Coach Bo, want to do a commercial for a car dealership or something else. I mean, if you know, a partner came to me and said, hey, I want to sponsor your podcast. You know, I'm going to let them if it's the right fit. But sure. I shouldn't be limited on that. Same as you shouldn't be limited in the business. It's a way in this way of, the way I look at it is how you're saying, it's a way of not running a deficit as a, as a businessman. For sure. Business. And I think, you know, what a lot of people fail to understand and what I think they still fail to understand with, a lot, with what NIL at its core is, which is allowing athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness, you know, and not have it be controlled or capped by the overarching league, NCAA, or anybody for that matter. I think that, you know, a lot of people are missing the basic right that we have here in, in the United States to try to, you know, use our skill set to accumulate a living and mm -hmm. to make whatever monetary compensation that we are able to pull from the market. It's, you know, just, I guess, tying it into sort of financial terms. I'm no finance major. I came into school as a poli-sci major and switched to communications, but <laughs> you know, it, it, there, there comes a point where it's, it's, it's my right as a person living here to 
attempt to use my skill sets to make a living. And I feel like the fact that that was being infringed, infringed upon for, you know, however long the NCAA has been around is something that's super wrong and something that I'm happy that has at least gotten fixed now. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that, and I think the biggest part is the universities are not the ones paying. Some people don't understand that. Some people For think sure. they hear as we're recording this, and this will be played in a couple of, in about a week or so, but as we're recording this this past week, there was a big fight between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, Absolutely. you know, at the highest level of NIL, you know, arguing about what these collectives are doing, that sort of thing. Yeah. And we're not talking about that. That's not where the majority and what the good parts of NIL, are. there's, there's sure. always going to be some kind of unintended consequences of, of anything. Absolutely. But what we do have here is people like yourself, a walk-on, who is an incredibly, incredible story in my view. Um, here, I live in Lawrence, Kansas. University of Kansas is here. Uh, Jared Casey, football player at KU, who's a walk-on, who, Definitely. I don't know if you know his story, he caught a, he's a, a, a guy who caught a two-point conversion that allowed Kansas to beat Texas and gets an NIL deal at Applebee's. For sure. You know, just to capitalize on that moment. And, and not in a way that's going to be, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. But I think it was a couple thousand bucks. And for yeah. someone who's 19, 20, 21 years old, that's a lot of money. Absolutely is. And I, I, we've all known the, the, you know, we've all seen the poor college kid thing. A lot of us lived through that. I certainly was one yeah. of them. I, I have my own story about that, um, you know. Go ahead. Just, Absolutely. So uh, it's actually about a year ago um, where we were in one of our summer sessions. Um, dining hall wasn't open. And I came down here with like $20 to my name. Thought I was going to get food because a coach that was on staff, uh, he's not on staff anymore. But he told me, he's like, yeah, we're going to find a way to take care of you. That never materialized. So I lived off of brown rice, frozen vegetables and weight room snacks for a month. I went from 297 pounds to 270 pounds even in 30 days. So, I mean, I, I, it was, it was to the point where it was like, yo, how am I going to eat? You know what I mean? I'm and, you know, this sort of and NIL opening up and everything like that has allowed, you know, college athletes who are in that position to at least have a fighting chance yeah. of getting out of that. When you're, when you're a walk-on and you got to see all the people, like all your friends around you who are on scholarship and everything like that, because, you know, you don't treat the walk-ons any different. They're cool people. You hang out with them. Um, just to see like the difference in that, that was the biggest like culture shock to me, at least being like, all right, I've been here, you know, I was here for a year already had dining halls open and everything like that. And we were able to go get food whenever we needed to. And you take that away all of a sudden and you're, you're screwed. You're sitting yeah. there. You're like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, luckily I had an internship last summer, which was uh, aiding me in getting out of that. But there was, there was for a point I was sitting there and I was, I was, genuinely wondering you know when the next meal was going to come and this is my parents would offer me they'd be like yo we got you bro like and I was like no you know I needed to I think this was also just like a, a growing up point for me where uh -huh. it really taught me how to work hard even when I don't want to and even when a lot of odds seem stacked against you but again this is a story I've never told before because there hasn't been the platform and the reasoning to tell it yeah but I think that, you know, with us on this podcast and, you know, being super transparent about what NIL can do for athletes, I think it's important to put that story out into the world and, you know, put that experience out there to show that this helps. I went from being, from not being able to eat to paying my way through school. So yeah. NIL as a whole has helped me to do that and get out of it again, like we said, without any debt. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's incredible. It's an incredible story. And congratulations to you for the hard work you put in. Because sure. it's not just the hard work in the in the you know in the classroom. It's not just the hard work, you know, in the in the in the the gym and in the locker rooms and the field and everything else. But then you're going to another level. What you're doing uh, with TikTok and the things you're doing online. How did that get started? How does a, a guy? So you're you're from Jersey originally. You're down in sure. North Carolina now. The small school. How does? Uh, well, you're 20 years old now. Yes, I turned 20 in January. So, 20 yeah. years old. I got a son who's about to turn 20 in a couple of weeks. So how does a 20-year-old young man go from high school to college, walk on school, but then find this TikTok thing and run with it to where you have 1.7 million followers? That, I, I don't even know what I would do if I had that many followers. It's amazing what you've done. So Talk I about say, that, how the genesis of that, if you will. For sure. So I will say, first off, the life from zero followers to 1.7 million, it hasn't been too different. Like it's, really? it, it's not, that's also because I'm not exactly the type of person who wants to go out every day, show my face everywhere. Like okay. I, I'm like, a, you know, a pretty reserved guy. I like to, you know, stay in my, just, I'm a, nat- I'm a social introvert. Let's okay. All right. It's fair. Um, absolutely. So I think that the way that it really all started was I was just trying to make people laugh. It was the middle of quarantine back when COVID yeah. was you know, super running rampant. And it, I was just like, dang, I'm stuck in my house. I might as well you know, try to create some sort of content, I guess, because throughout all of high school, I'd done stuff on my Snapchat stories on my Instagram, like, you know, trying to make people laugh at it had, you know, uh, good local just recognition, just of people in my yeah. social circle and everything like that. So I was like, you know what, screw it. I got a pretty decent story to tell. I'm a walk on underdog. People like to hear that and um, just started to make content around that. And then it sort of, it, it just sort of materialized into itself and the, the snowball effect was pretty big but that's also back when everything was blowing up on on that app everything was going crazy you'd see yeah. videos of millions of views every single day yeah. um and it's it's also because that's when you know the user base of tiktok was on there the most often because there's nothing to do yeah um so there was there's two sides to that whole sort of content creation coin. There's the producers, you produce content, and there's consumers. They consume the content, and they watch it. So I think um, you know, just taking that basic model, I sort of just tried to make content that was engaging and tell jokes on the internet, <laughs> essentially, just to try to get to the point. And then we just, I guess we told enough jokes. So that's, that's where we're at. You are extremely funny. And the, the thing I love about it is that it's real. And it's a big guy myself. No, I'm an I'm an under tall big guy. I'm I'm five ten and well above your weight right now, probably. Well, I'm near <laughs> your weight, probably. Um, you, you know, so but I, I look at it like when I first saw your content, it was stuff that even I in my 40s could like relate to. For you know, sure. You think about you know you know why big guys wear shorts. You know why you know you know the four things that the big guys don't like at pool parties. You know that kind of stuff. Absolutely. You know it was stuff that I was like, oh man, I see where he's at here. This is. And even as someone who was older, and then I, I tell the story, I told you this before we got on, is that I have a son who's your age. And one day I went to him and I was like, dude, you got to see this dude. He was like, oh, I know exactly who that is. He already knew <laughs> who you were, followed you, everything. He was like, he's like, I've already joined the council. And you've got a great rap about you as well. Just the way you talk, you, you bring people in. You've got a natural charisma. That's incredible. Yes, and, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Well, okay. I'm just saying, I think you got a natural charisma. I think that's what helped build that for you. But, um, you know, at what point did you see that this was something that you could then monetize? 
Um, the monetization thing was actually a lot later on. I think, you know, my parents have always told me even growing up that I was like a natural born leader. And that sort of thing. So I always, you know, on every team I was on growing up, I was always the one giving pregame speeches. I did all that kind of stuff. So I was used to talking in big moments and using my voice to be able to evoke an emotion out of people. And now, you know, before TikTok, that emotion that I was trying to invoke from people was let's go run through a wall and take heads off and win this game. Yeah. Uh, but now I think it's more so let's, you know, we have a lot of shared experiences, at least in this group that we're a part of in the community of being a big guy, we all go through the same stuff. So, I mean, like, why not, why not just have someone who can articulate that in an entertaining way? So I think that's really what I've tried to do overall when it comes to that sort of thing. And then just, I guess, a speaking voice, it was really learned because when I was young, let me tell you, I was bad at talking to people. I was bad. socially. I was, I was super anxious whenever it came to, you know, getting outside the box and anything like that and being able to go and just have a conversation, even such as this one. Um, So I think it's just a bunch of learned skills and everything that I've done. And it's just a bunch of work behind the scenes to become a better communicator, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's not, it's not natural. It's been, it's been developed. I think that you've developed some great skills so far. I can see. I appreciate it. It takes time. I mean, I was someone who was very similar. Is I, I didn't mind talking, but I also was, I've always had that query in the back of my head of are people listening. Absolutely. And you don't get to where you've gotten to till that. So um, going back to the monetization thing. So you got to a point where you can monetize this. And this is what I think everyone in a whole generation is trying to do. Now. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and you've gotten there. So um, what, where was the point that it switched on that you said, Hey, I can do this now. I can, you know, go from being the kid who can't feed myself to now I can feed myself and pay for school. For sure. So I actually, I got to give a big shout out to my agent, man, Pat Curran, bro. He was the one who told me like, he's like, look, you've got something here that you can turn into a business. And I was just sitting there. I was like, man, NIL passes. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, I just want free stuff. You know what I mean? Like I want people to send me free stuff and everything. I'm cool with that. Pat was like, nah, screw that, bro. Get your living from this. Like he was like, go out and get what you can from it. Because, you know, like they're going to, people are willing to, pay you to put their advertisements on your page and i'm like my whole sort of thing was like well why would i deserve it versus somebody else and then my dad actually told me he's like don't think about people wanting to pay you for being like for that video he's like think about it as them back paying you for every piece of content that you make because i made a video a day for a year and a half before that's, I missed that's it. really well put yeah absolutely you know what i mean so like when you really break it down to like how they're back paying you for building this whole sort of thing it makes a lot more sense um, just overall. And I think that that's a really big, uh, just a really big thing that, you know, especially with bringing in the monetization portion of it is just overall, I think that's, that's kind of how it got there. It was a combination of my agent and my pops. So big shouts to those two, for real. Who was the first person or the first uh, people you worked with as far as monetizing? Oh gosh. Um, Cause I've thinking. seen you, I've seen you do stuff with, IHOP, Snickers. Now you're doing Fortnite, which I think is pretty incredible. Um, we'll get to your WWE deals. I'm going to talk about that. For um, sure. Think uh, Pit Vipers, Prolific Sports Labs. I mean, all sorts of stuff. Definitely. I think it was the Air App. It was the Air App. It was okay. athletes in recruitment. It was those guys. Those guys. Okay. Really cool. yeah, James is the, he's the owner of that company. Um, yeah. They were the ones who really gave me my, my, uh, my first shot 
Okay. And then it was, we'll be able to do like a sort of secondary deal with them for like a multi-video thing. But okay. overall, the first ever video I did was with them. So how does that, give me a little background, how does that work exactly? So say I'm, um, I'll, I'll use your example, you have like, you have IHOP. IHOP you did a yes. great one with IHOP where you uh, were talking about like the things that uh, all football players love. And the first one is like deep passes. Like you don't realize this is an IHOP ad until you yeah. get to the second one. And the second one is with the picture of the pancakes behind you. Sure. Is we all know as football people that it's a pancake block. And you're like, when you totally knock someone into you know, the IHOP land, and then you talk about IHOP and their, their program. All right. So you've got to deal with IHOP, for instance, and they pay you for an ad and you, uh, you, 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 you put them as part of your content. What I loved about how you did that point in particular was that it, it wasn't an IHOP ad from the beginning. It was kind of put it in the content. And because someone's watching the whole video, they get in there to see it, and they really don't even realize they've seen an IHOP ad. Um, I'm not going to ask you how much you make from someone. That is the way it's goddamn business, as far as I'm concerned. I don't, <laughs> I don't pocket watch anybody. It's just how I don't do things. I don't watch people's pockets. But how does someone get paid from that? I'm just ignorant in the area. So how do you get how do you get paid for doing something like that? Absolutely. So there's a there's a couple of different ways. Um, if we're running it through like Open Doors per se, which is you know one of the one of the softwares that I've used to you know, bring in deals and stuff like that. Open Doors actually will, um, they will direct deposit it to your bank account, which is nice. Um, that's a really cool way for it to, you know, just get through everything super simple and seamless. Um, other ones, other ways that I like to do it, since, you know, I got full faith in Pat and my agency, I'll have the company send, like they'll send the wire transfer to them okay. and then they'll take their percentage and then send me the rest of it. Um, and if it's through where I'm getting directly paid, then I'll just get an invoice for yeah. uh, whatever it is. And I'll just have to send that over. So, I mean, it's super simple. Um, one thing that you got to do in this game is work with people you trust yeah. because, um, when you see a number on a contract, you know, you know, that that number is going to get cut based on what you signed with. If you signed an agent, it's going to get cut based on what you're paying them. Yeah. Um, so again, you just got to make sure, um, like with how all that kind of stuff works, uh, there's there's a couple of different ways where payment can come through, but those are pretty much the two main ones. Are they paying you a, a set amount per an ad or are they paying you per number of clicks? What, gotcha. How does that work? So it's also depending on the deal. Um, a deal like the IHOP one is just for the ad. Um, okay. It's just that whole sort of thing. And then there are certain ones where like the one with uh, Shop GLD, that one has a flat rate and um it works through some other like amount of numbers and stuff like that okay there's a couple of them, that goes in there. yeah a couple a couple of them will pay you per click a couple of them will pay you like per download if it's like yeah. for an app or something like that but yeah. there's it's it's not necessarily super standardized but again when yeah. you're technically a freelancer and an independent contractor which yeah. is in like everybody's contract um you, you pretty much take payment how you can get it yeah well yeah. And, and we do something similar i mean when we have people who are sponsoring the podcast it's not always a set amount per podcast. Instead, it's going to be some kind of a share deal. You know, they give me a promo code or a link, and if people use that, then that helps come back to us. So, for sure, I didn't know if that's how that works. So, I figured I assumed there was some kind of a deal of the combo of the two. So, most definitely, yeah. So, there's there's a bunch. There's some that'll pay you weekly over a period of time. There's some that'll just drop a whole bunch of money in your account, and that's a little weird when it comes to taxes. But like, it's yeah. fine. I got a good account if you need one. No, I need one. <laughs> I got one upstairs. She's she's great. There we go. We'll chat. We'll chat. Um, hey, you are up for, you've been nominated. There's the NIL Summit's coming up here in June, and you've been nominated for the Hustle Award. And, and 
I mean, I already knew who you were before this, but I checked you out on this. And so the Hustle Award, I'm going to read this. This is right off the NIL Summit website. This award recognizes a student athlete that, while not a major statistical contributor to their team, utilized an unrelenting determination combined with an entrepreneurial savvy to excel their name, image, likeness, endeavors off the field or court. And you're one of the six nominees for that. So I congratulations first off. Thank you. Thank you so much. Secondly, I don't know how anybody's gonna beat you for this award. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look, I'm not I'm not even I'm not even competing with anybody, man. I'm yeah. just trying to be a better version of myself every day. I like if I, we win it, cool. If not, yeah. like shout to all the people who did. I admire what you're doing. I really Thank do. You. And I okay. think that, you know, it, it's I think even people in your own um in your own sphere will probably see that as well. People who are on your own level will say, hey, this is what we can do. We get there. So as you're making content now, are you more nervous about your content? Now you have this number of followers and you're trying to monetize these things. Do you think, hey, what, what goes into it now as you continue this process? So I don't, I don't ever want to say that like I'm nervous about putting something up because then that leads to like people being like, oh, like, is he making this joke because he thinks people are going to like it? Or is he trying to stay out of trouble? That kind of thing. Yeah, I get you. But like, there's, there's like, there's some things where like you're making a video and you'll, you'll rewatch it and you're like, I'm going to get my ass canceled for that. For sure. So we <laughs> not, I say something on the podcast about once a week. That's something Absolutely. I probably should get canceled for. Absolutely. And it's, there's, there are times where, you know, you're trying to remain, cognizant of what you're putting out there but at the same time you're having fun this is like it's what you do and if this job isn't fun trust me i wouldn't do it because this this job is too damn stressful from top like sometimes where um it's just if i'm not having fun with it it's not going to be it's not for me you know what i mean and i feel like while i'm doing this i don't feel like i'm working i feel like i'm just chasing a passion doing something so like that sort of way so it, it never really feels like work and I think from from when I started until now, I, I think my content has definitely gotten a little bit cleaner. I've, I've, I've cut okay. down the content a little bit, uh, but that's also just because, you know, you're not once you have that sort of image and sort of reputation to uphold. I think that that also takes some sort of precedent in yeah. just your overall just content strategy. Well, I think you realize that as you get a little older and you and you get experience of things, you realize it's not just your name. It's your name. It's people who are doing sponsorships with you. It's also your university and everything else. So. Absolutely. I get that. And I, I think that's, that's pretty cool. You, you, it's a wise choice for a 20 year old young man. It's, <laughs> I just told my son recently when talking to him, it's like, Hey, you know, as we're, as you're thinking about what you want to do with life, do what you love. Yeah. And you'll find a way to make money done. Absolutely. You know, yeah. that's something that I wish as a young man, I had given more thought to. For sure. You know, I enjoy what I do, but it's not always what I want to do. So Most definitely. You know, like you sit there and you're like, dang, you know, I could I could take this quote unquote safe route and have this whole sort of thing. I might not love doing it, but I might not hate it. Listen, I've seen too many people get laid off in the past two years who took the safe route. So I'm like, at this point, I'm like, screw it. We're gonna chase it. We're just gonna we're gonna be relentless in our pursuit of it. I love that quote. That is absolutely incredible. Not my quote. I read it somewhere. I don't, I don't remember where it was. Yeah, but I, I think you you bring a real experience to saying these last couple of years. We've seen people who have lost their job because they didn't chase absolutely. it. They were doing the working for someone else. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask about one of your, your NIL deals here. This is you were in the inaugural WWE NIL class. They call it Next in Line. 
Yes, sir. So how did this come about? First off, are you a WWE fan? I am a huge WWE fan. I've seen I had, a couple of things in some of your content. I've seen a couple of things. I had, I had the freaking action figures and the ring when I was little. Let me tell you. So the way that that whole deal started was they DM me on Instagram. Their recruiting account DM me, connected with my agent. We had the whole thing set up and, you know, signed off on it. Signed off on it while sitting on the bus heading to an away game. That was, that was, that's a funny wow. story. Um, and yeah, you know, we've just been, it's just been a great uh, overall partnership with them. I love everything that they do and just being able to go to that event that we went to, uh, went to Raw in Greensboro the other day. That was, that was pretty fire. Um, and like saw, Edge was my favorite wrestler growing up. I still okay. lift his theme song, which is pretty funny. But um, yeah, seeing like a couple of the guys who like were just that guy when I was when I was a kid, uh-huh. it, it was a little surreal. I was a little starstruck. Can't lie. Okay, can't lie. I was a little starstruck. Wrong with that. Absolutely, you know. But that WWE and being part of that inaugural class, and must I mention being the only sophomore in that inaugural class? Everybody else oh, hey. is graduating. You know. Go ahead, big man. Years, man. That's uh, it's it's a cool feeling, and it's something that I'm really excited to just see where it goes and okay. what kind of cool stuff we can do. Because let me tell you, nobody puts on a show like WWE. I 100% agree. Now, I I I love the WWE. I've watched it since I was a boy, and there is some of this stuff I don't like at all. Some of it I do really like, and then I go, okay, I take the good with the bad. But you Absolutely. are 100% right. No one puts on a better production of a show in the WWE no, no. of any kind of show. They're the absolute best. Vince's corporation gets that thing right. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. They are great so. what they do. Absolutely. He, he, they're, they're the best for a reason and they've been doing it so good for so long. Um, is that something you want to go into? Is that something you're considering in the future? Listen, man. Go see I'm you in the ring one day. Listen, I, I don't, I don't know for sure, but if they ever told me, Hey, go get in the ring for this. I got to try it at least once. I got to try it. I can't, yeah. I can't leave that stone unturned. You know what I mean? So they're like, yo, you want to, you want to scrap with somebody for a little bit? Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> let's go do it. Are, uh, are you going to go to de- developmental at some point then? Whatever, wherever I'm called to, oh, I'll God. be there. That's cool. That's cool. I, hey, I'll we'll be ready for you either way, man. I, I, if you could, if you see yourself, if you could see yourself in a few years from now as a WWE wrestler, who would you be most like? Who would be your influences? Oh, dude, I don't even know. I Edge was my favorite. Like when I tell you, Edge was my favorite wrestler growing up. Like okay. I know every word to Metalingus. It's bad, um, <laughs> but like. Yeah, man. So, I mean, probably him just because just the overall just really straightforward, like just aggressive pin your ears back and go style. Like, I like that. I like that a lot. Right. Healer baby face. Huh? Healer baby face. Which one are you going to be? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, dude. I don't. <sighs> Being able to spear somebody in the ring would be pretty cool. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. You don't care which way. All right. Uh, no. Let's see here. Um, I, I I really enjoyed this so far. This has been great. Uh, hey, I saw you had something going on here. You just had uh, the Council Cooks, the cooking show. I just yep. saw. So yep. where yep. did this come from? What is this all about? Is it just so, like you, you were having fun in the kitchen? Absolutely. So Council Cooks, this is from 
we're doing a partnership with super events, trying to, you know, beta test a lot of live streaming stuff for them. Okay. Uh, and overall, we were just looking for an idea, something to do that was interactive and just engaging. And I was like, we can't overcomplicate anything. Big guys love food. We know how to cook, you know, all that kind of stuff. We know we get down in the kitchen now. So I think are you a better cooker or a better orderer? I'm better at cooking, man. I mean, I, I, I got I got the spots around here. I know it was good for sure. But I, I like being able to like just to custom make my food and, you know, try new, new things out. That's a big shout out to my mom. She taught me how to do that. She's like, look, girls don't like you if you know how to cook. And I was like, all right, we'll see. Um, but uh, that the cooking show was just it was sort of a passion project. It was just something I really wanted to do. I wanted to try out. And I had fun, you know, yeah. cooking while running a live stream is very hard. That felt um, like it was very difficult, but you like you were enjoying I was having fun for sure, but it was, it was a little stressful. Cause you're like, I'm still trying to pay, you're trying to pay attention to like an entire live stream like that. And then you're also trying to pay attention, not burn your food and embarrass yourself on live. So it's always, it's always a little crazy, but you know, we got it done. We made a sandwich. That sandwich was fire. It has some tomato and mozzarella, balsamic vinegar on it over a chicken cutlet with some basil in there. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, it was tasty, man. So, I mean, just overall, we, that was just an opportunity to go out there and have a bunch of fun to chase a passion of mine, which a lot of people don't know about, which is cooking. I love cooking. I love to do all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, it was just a way for us to really just hammer home that this should be fun. This shouldn't be all super serious business all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I think what you're doing is fantastic. man. I do. I think it's, um, you use your own passion and, and you're getting something out of it. And then to be able to do it within the, the, in the realm of NIL, I think it's just been really cool. So um what you're doing is is pretty fantastic so i appreciate you coming on before we get out of here yeah, i've got some kind of this or that question this with all my guests so i'm gonna have a little fun all right um a couple quick questions here uh first if you could be the best at any one thing in the world what would it be the best at any one thing in the world you think you're the absolute best in the world at it what would it be I'd want to be like, all right, this is super corny, but I want to be like a great dad. You know what I mean? Like be able to be able to raise my kids and like create generational wealth for my family and just, you know, have that whole sort of like have things be all right for everybody. Um, I'd rather, you know, like a skill being the best in the world at it, whatever, you know, it'll come in a row and eventually someone's going to come like gonna come up behind you and overtake you. But I think like being able to control, not control, but like maintain a sense of peace in a household and like, raise some kids to be some good people. It makes me sound like an old ass man saying it, but I honestly want to be like the best freaking dad on earth. You know what I, I mean? tell you what, if you are ever near Lawrence, Kansas or Kansas city, I'm buying you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you turn 21. I'm 20, bro. Can't be better than that. So, uh, all right. A couple more here. Um, sure. What celebrity would you want as a best friend? Dwayne Johnson. Good, good answer. Good. Yeah. Rock would be great, great. For sure. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, if I had a superpower, what would it be? I think telekinesis. Oh, or being, uh, being able to use the force. That would be sick. These, I like that. Like that would be nice. Uh, do you have a celebrity crush? Nah. Really? I do not. I didn't for years. Now I do. So oh, I asked that one. So. All right. Uh, this or this or that. Now you're you're a New Jersey boy now living in North Carolina. So we'll talk a little food here for a minute. Hey, let's so, do it. 
And I know that this is something that like, this is like, I'm a big guy too. I love my food. I'm from Louisiana, living in Kansas. So I'm with it. I'm with I, it. Let's I, go. I got a couple of different influences as well. Um, first off, what are the differences from what you've, what have you like found new in Carolina you didn't have in New Jersey? Just pull, well, pulled pork, but you know, it's barbecue down yeah, here. Barbecue. Yeah. Way better. Um, burnt ends, pork belly, man. That, oof, it's good. Country fried steak. Also ain't got that up in Jersey. Okay. That's, that's, that's pretty great. Um, when I was down in Atlanta, I had it just instead of regular lemon pepper, I had honey lemon pepper wings. Almost died. I was it was amazing. Um, and you can get a combo. Like I, I literally just got back from Atlanta, so I'm still on like the whole new Georgia food, man. Yeah, yeah. There was a combo for a Philly cheesesteak and like a ten piece wing. Oh my goodness, I crushed that whole thing. That was crazy. <laughs> Philly cheesesteak in ten weeks. And 10 wings. I probably could have ate 15, but I didn't want to. That, that would have been a little huge if I ate 15 wings and, and the entire cheesesteak. So I just I had to keep it from from just large. I would have been like from the large to like huge scale. So I was trying to stay down to large scale. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. I, ain't, I ain't hating on you, man. I, that's incredible. Sorry, man. Absolutely. Here's a couple of this and that. French fries or onion rings? French fries. Okay. Good French fries beat good onion rings. Okay. See, I think it's the other way around, but I, I think we got to have good onion rings. Bad onion rings are sure. biscuits or cornbread? Biscuits. Okay. Biscuits and gravy is my favorite food. Like, oh, it looks okay. like it's like top three for me. Okay. What would be your other top three? Or uh, yeah, top the other ones. I think a good like no fat sandwiches is up there for sure. You ever had a fat sandwich before? No. What is that? Oh my gosh. So there's it's it's like a northeast thing, it's a Jersey thing, really, because okay. there's, there's something called Grease Trucks on Rutgers campus, which is like 30 minutes from my house where they serve all these crazy sandwiches. You can get my favorite one is called the fat bitch. You can it's a cheesesteak. I'm serious, it's a cheesesteak with chicken fingers, mozzarella sticks, and french fries on it. Oh, it is unreal. It's probably one of the greatest things you can get. Is this, so is this, like, so this is where it's a fat shack. Uh it's it's called Are You Hungry Now? I'm pretty okay. sure it's but a lot we've got, of we've got something here now called Fat Shack, which is like a chain. Okay. They got it at a bunch of schools. We have it here at the University of Kansas, and they do yeah. shit like that where they put yeah. fully with mozzarella sticks or For chicken sure. or whatever you want on it. So yeah, it's yeah, those that's that's number one. But I mean that thing will that'll have me hurting for a couple of days for sure. I'm I'm getting my digestive tract is getting a little old, man. It's like sometimes it looks at me, it's like the hell is wrong with you, bro. I'm like, I don't know, it tasted good. So <laughs> so that's number one. And then number two has got to be cheesecake. I have a special place in my heart for a good slice of cheesecake. I remember once my mom made it, she made an entire one, and that thing was gone in two days because I was just I was housing it. It was crazy. Um, but yeah. So top, that's, that's, that's definitely got to be like the top three for me. Okay. Uh, a couple other ones here. Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Coke. M&M's or Skittles? M&M's. But the peanut M&M's or the caramel M&M's. I don't just like regular ones. All right. This one, I think I know where you're going to be on this one. I think it's where you're from. But uh, New York style or Chicago deep dish pizza? New York style, every day of the week. Chicago deep dish is is good. I can't I can't discredit it, but you know it's where I'm from. I like New York style. Okay. I like I like the thinner the thinner crust, everything like that. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Oh, oh. Okay. These are non food ones here for you. Gotcha. Dogs or cats? I'm with dogs. Are dogs. Hundred percent. Cats don't like me. They Batman just like or Superman? Batman, because he's got just a disgusting amount of disposable income. And can research and come up with whatever he whatever he needs. You know what I mean? I like 
Hey, John, I want to say thank you again for doing this, taking the time to do this, come through, talking about NIL, what you're doing. I wish you nothing but the best and success in the future. This has been really, really great. Anytime, anything you want to plug before you leave right now, anything you got going, you want to plug, we're going to make sure we get your link out and everything for your sure. TikTok and everything. We'll share all that in our, in our show notes, but anything else you want to plug while you're here? Most definitely. I got, I got to plug the guys at Big Boy Council, man. Um, my boy, Eric, my boy, Chuck, designer, my distributor, man. We, we out here, we work around the clock. Sometimes we, we, we put a lot of stuff together really fast and, you know, we got, we got a big drop coming up hopefully this summer uh, just for some new stuff. And, you know, the big guys are going to be, going to be decked out, go up to size six X on t-shirts. Um, so, I mean, I'm trying to, trying to help all the, all the big guys just look their best and just feel their best on a, in their day-to-day life. Uh, and the new company, Council Multimedia Solutions. We are, so, yeah, man, it's starting up. Uh, this, this is basically what I want to do long term. Um, social media consulting firm where we just we we go in, we do an analysis of somebody's social media presence if they have one, and if not, we we come up with a game plan to start it. Um, and then in house, we just run every we will run whatever social media is they want us to. We take care of editing, we take care of ideas, take care of everything. Um, and just gets all put in a document, gets sent over, and that's what we do for a week. So, I mean, those, those are probably the, pretty, the, the two biggest things I'm working on. Shout out to Current Media Company, my guys, Pat and Tim, and, of course, shout out to Mom Dukes and Pops. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's really it, man. And, I, and I'd like to say shout out to Pat as well. He's going to hook this up. I appreciate yeah. it. You know, we reached out to Pat, and he got us hooked up on in this interview. I've had a great time today. Thank you for doing this again. Absolutely, brother. I and, uh, I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on you and what you've been doing, what you're doing in the future. I'll be following you, man. Most Thanks definitely. again. Anytime you want to come on, tell stories. Uh, you need you need to pimp something. You are welcome here <laughs> anytime. Man. Hit, me, hit me up, bro. I'm always down. Hey, I appreciate. It. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with John Seaton. Hey, it's a great, uh, what a great young guy. And what a positive situation that NIL has allowed a young man like John who, like he said, had had to walk on to play college football. And because of the NIL, he's able to, you know, to make a little bit of money to pay for school. Um, I love his quote when he says he went from, he says, I went from not being able to eat to paying for school. NIL helped me do that. And that's what NIL is at the heart of it. And so for those people who are, you know, focused on the higher end items, the, you know, the, the, the big money stuff, yeah, there's going to be some of that. And that's just the, the nature of big boy sports now. Uh, but at the same time, this is what NIL is supposed to do, to allow a walk-on to be able to play to allow, you know, certain others to read that make a little bit of extra money. I hope you guys, if, if you haven't checked out his content yet, go to TikTok. He's at John, J-O-N-S-E-A-T-O-N, at John Seaton. He is hilarious. Uh, talks about the Big Boy Council. I am a, now a member of the Big Boy Council. I love what they're doing there. Uh, he's got the, the NIL deal with WWE. Uh, along with a whole bunch of other things he's lined up. And I just, the sky is going to be the limit for that young man. I really believe it. And we'll have John back on the podcast in the future as well. Kind of see how his season does over at Elon uh, University. And I hope you guys really got, got a good feel 
for the positive side of NIL, and then just for John and his content. I think it's hilarious. If you're a big guy, he's like he's like got to follow. And even if you're not a big guy, I think you'll enjoy the content. So uh, check out Big John on there. Hey, I wanted to bring up this episode is sponsored by O'Connor Advisory Group. Uh, I want you to check out OAGKS.com. Right now, summertime is here, June, July. We get into the slow months of the summertime. This is the perfect time. If you haven't set up a financial plan, if you're needing a little, if you're lacking on your retirement planning, give us a shot. We'd love to set you up. We can help you get started, whether it's an IRA or maybe you need some life insurance to protect the children and the wife, whatever it might be. Let's chat about it. Go to OAGKS.com. It's O'ConnorAdvisoryGroup.com as well. Click on the contact us, shoot a message over, tell us what you have issues with, see if we can help you. Those messages come directly to me. I'd love to chat with you, be your partner, see what we can do to help you out. So, And there's always no obligation in that. Last couple of things. I just want to hit on a couple of quick pieces, and I'm going to get up out of here. This week, we had a couple of uh, retirements in the NFL, and I thought we'd go ahead and talk about those real quick here. Uh, first, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the longtime quarterback, Fitzmagic, as some people will call him, uh, has retired after a 17-season um, career. Uh, he's uh, played in 147 games, 3,400, 990 yards, 223 career touchdowns. He's played with a host of teams. You know, just a guy who just a couple of years ago uh, was on, was seeing the field with the Commanders, uh, done some stuff with a lot of other teams, had a really great career. Um, someone who just, I think two or three years ago, playing well with the Bucks. You know, they, they were sitting Jameis Winston to play Fitz, uh, Fitzmagic, um, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> That's what he started showing the Fitzpat, the Fitzmagic. Um, but hey, I wanted to give him a shout out. Um, it's a great career. You know, there's a guy who was a, in um, the sixth round, I'm sorry, seventh round pick by the Rams back in 2005. He's played for the Bengals, the Bills, the Titans, the Texans, the Jets, the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the Commanders. Uh, great career and a heck of a heck of a guy from everything I've seen. Um, I'm sure that he'll be, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the media somewhere sooner than later. So uh, congratulations on a great career, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then the other one that's kind of gone under the radar, but I think he's even had a better career, and frankly, I think is going to end up being a Hall of Famer, and that's Frank Gore. Frank Gore just retired uh, this week, and uh, 16 seasons. This is a hell of a resume. 16,000 yards, third all-time in rushing yards. Only Emmett Smith and Walter Payton had more rushing yards than Frank Gore. Averaged 4.3 yards per carry through his career, 81 touchdowns. 484 career receptions, 3,985 yards, an average of 8.2 yards per reception. He had five Pro Bowls, uh, played for four different teams in his career. Um, he's just been a constant and been sort of a North Star for a lot of the teams that he's played on, especially the 49ers for the first 10 years of his career, and, and just a pro the entire time. Uh, guys fought through two ACL tears in his career. His 16 um, seasons in his career, um, nine of them, he played all 16 games. Two others, he played 15 games. And three others, 14 games. So the guy was very durable despite having two ACL tears. 
um, a guy who's got you know a son who's now playing ball, and just a, an incredible player and an incredible guy off the field as well. So congratulations to Frank Gore and to Ryan Fitzpatrick for their careers and their um, what they've done for the game of football. Going to keep it quick today. I just wanted to finish up. I wanted to touch on that. So I want to touch on that. We had a great interview with John Seaton. I hope you guys enjoy this week. We'll be back on Friday with the Point .5 pod. Uh, myself and Ellen will be on there. We'll be talking about what's going on. We'll kind of catch up the NBA Finals, see how things are going at that point, and uh, to kind of see what's going on around the sports world. So uh, thanks to Tyler Jones and everyone at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. We appreciate everything you do. We appreciate the rate us and review us. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where you receive your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. So until Friday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week, and remember your time tokens are not refundable. Take care, everybody.